Welcome back to Podcast 29 of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. Follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at The Oddsbreakers and follow us on social media slash The Oddsbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by Betfred Sports. For $250 worth of free bets, please visit Betfred and use the promo code ODDS23. Terms, conditions, and location apply if you'd like to support The Oddsbreakers and benefit from our premium plays, please visit the Osbreakers Kickstop and become a member. Pick any of our premium cappers to get their plays before the line moves. You can also support us on Patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit the Osbreakers and become a free picks and telegram subscriber. Ah, the off season, my friends. Well, is it really the off season? <laughs> Lots of sports going on, but for me, it's certainly a lot less hectic during football season, which now goes till mid February. <laughs> You're podcasting two, three, four times a week. College football, pro football, so much to digest there. Obviously, when it comes to college basketball, you have to throw that in because that really starts in November, and that's when you have to start kind of paying attention if you want to be any good you know, coming into the season. And then, obviously, the big March Madness happens and everything kind of slows down a little bit. Well, from a podcast perspective, we still do one a week going to bring that to two a week for maybe some special events but for now we are kind of coasting and I got to say I'm pretty comfortable here Major League Baseball is going great 27 and 17 up 6.63 units as far as the NBA the NBA season has started for me I know people have been betting NBA since well into last year but for me I don't do it until the playoffs I'm five and two in NBA plays super small sample size obviously seven games is not even close to a sample size that you should go for if you're making judgments but i'm happy with what i'm doing i'm just kind of fading some overreaction in the market looking at how playoff basketball is different than regular season basketball and knowing that players are not going to sit out just to rest they're going to play if they're healthy enough to play unfortunately we still have to deal with some injuries like john morant he's out for most likely this game and who knows how long and the Giannis injuries a little bit speculative too going on for the Milwaukee Bucks but there's more injuries in the NBA and you still have to try to cap around those situations as well but uh, I have no problem laying off nights it's uh, Wednesday right now I'm probably not going to play any of these games just because of the unknowns and the fact that I think these lines are already pretty close to what they should be, you know? So I'm going to lay off tonight and maybe ease into tomorrow. No rush. Don't want to make bad plays because it's more important to leave a bad play off your ticket than it is to gain one good play because of the juice that sports books charge. So we have a great show for you today because Rafael Asparza, from my bookie and Doc Sports is coming on to break down the NFL draft. Can't wait to talk to Raphael about some of the props that he makes over at my bookie, as well as other books, as well as some of the bets that he might have already made for the NFL draft. Going to go over some of my thoughts and my plays 
for the NFL draft. And then obviously, little UFC action this weekend. Can't forget about the UFC. Uh, maybe it's not the offseason. Maybe it's UFC season, baby. Sergey Pavlovich versus Curtis Blades. I think that's going to be a fantastic main event. Heavyweights coming up this weekend. I love watching the heavyweights. Now, the heavyweight class is certainly not even close to the best class in MMA right now, or especially in the UFC, but that's going to be a good fight. Brad Tavares versus Bruno Silva. Bobby Green versus Jared Gordon. There's some pretty good matches coming out here, and uh, just super excited to uh, break it down for you. Before we get into our wonderful guests, want to remind everybody out there that the Oddsbreakers is always looking for new talent. If you are a handicapper and want to get your name out there a little bit, please feel free to email us at info at theoddsbreakers.com. Always willing to help people out, help people monetize and get their name out there for the passion that they have for sports betting, just like myself and the other cappers at theoddsbreakers.com. All right, without further ado, let's bring on our wonderful guest in Mr. Rafael Esparza from MyBookie and Doc Sports. Now, I'm very happy to welcome back a fantastic handicapper and longtime friend of the show who works on both sides of the window. You know him from his work at MyBookie.com and his great plays and insights at DocSports.com. Very happy to welcome back Mr. Rafael Esparza to the Oddsbreakers. You can follow him on Twitter at VSI Doc Sports. Raph, my man, how's it going? Haven't talked since the Super Bowl. Now we have more NFL to talk about. How are you been, man? Uh, I, I, I know that, and I understand that it's NFL's 365 days a year. I don't like it, but I understand it. Uh, people know when I mean that because people know I'm not the biggest NFL lover in the world. Uh, but I understand that. The, the excitement, even though it blew WBC. Everyone should have been watching WBC uh, World Baseball Classic, but we were talking about Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson every time we had a chance. I think everyone missed out on some great baseball, but I'm sick of those. It is stories. what it is. It is what it is. NFL draft is here, so uh, let's uh, as a as a guy that works for uh, books, let's give away free money. The guy that handicaps, I can't believe I missed some. Uh, what was I doing? Sitting on my hands, not pulling the trigger. So it's a, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, of course. And But there's so many what-ifs, yet there's also just so many times that you could have capitalized. And if you did, great. You know, and that's kind of how it is. I miss, I miss some, too. It's like, it's uh, it's hard to predict. But you what you do know is the noise sure moves a lot of lines out there. And that's where you kind of... Yes try to capitalize on but being at my bookie i'm sure that this is the sharpest thing and the biggest money maker for the books is the nfl draft isn't it yes it's uh yes it's just like i said earlier it's just giving away free money uh, <laughs> off the air i told you i talked to some a lot of my friends in the industry and what we call the nfl draft is nfl customer appreciation day because <laughs> I, I i i could be wrong on this but i think the books have lost five straight nfl draft days i i, I could be wrong if someone's been watching this show and say you're a freaking idiot it's six or it's two or three it's not the biggest money maker for for us in the world uh, I know like, last couple of years, like I said, it's just here. Here's free money. Don't forget you can bet on preseason football. Don't forget XFL Week 10 is here. Don't forget USFL Week 2 is here. Uh, here's some free. It's almost like free play that the casinos are giving out because you said it. Sometimes the noise that you watch on TV, mock drafts and all that, a lot of times are correct. And a lot of times people jump on that uh, and, and we lose. Perfect example. 
Me and you will probably discuss this. The number one court, number one pick. Who's the number quarterback going to go? Wasn't it about a month ago? Uh, CJ Stroud was the number one pick, and he was minus. I think I saw minus two fifty at one time. Oh, he's more he's, than that. He was more than that. Was he? Yeah, yeah. So he was, and now. He's not even close to being a number one pick right yeah, now yeah. Uh, or stuff like that. So uh, I can guarantee you uh, we'll probably lose on the first number one overall pick. <laughs> yes. I, th- I, I I hope so because I grabbed Bryce Young at plus 300 when the noise came in on March 27th-ish for Stroud. And th- their, their idea that Frank Reich likes a tall quarterback and then they mentioned Wentz and Ryan, I'm like, Wait a minute, are you sure? <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe he wants to try something else, this divorce, you know? you know, Maybe maybe go from brunette to blonde or something like that. But Jesus, those are maybe two of the worst examples I could think of, of like his tenure with tall quarterbacks. So I was like, well, I'm going with Bryce Young. I had a friend that um, listens to this show that lives out there in, by you, and he sent me a message, very big Carolina fan. He's like, I, I think it's Bryce Young. The owner wants Bryce Young. I was like, all right, let's do it. Now I had some options, and I did hedge a tiny bit back with Stroud, but I didn't give up a lot, and it was enough to make a small profit, but Stroud's at plus 800 here for the number yeah. one NFL draft pick, and it's kind of funny. You, you see you see some of these odds up in some of these places, and you, like even at my bookie, it's like first overall pick, Bryce Young, minus 2,000, and then first quarterback drafted, Bryce Young, minus 1,204. Well, if he's not going to be the first pick, I would rather, much rather play minus twelve hundred for the first quarterback drafted. It's like why would why would I why would I play the first pick? Maybe they go edge rusher and Bryce Young is second, you know, because you yeah. win that. It don't matter. So it's just so funny how to see how corny some of these odds are. Yeah, it's like I said, it's nuts. The threshold probably and both prop bets are probably so much different because people probably bet first overall pick more than they're going to bet the other prop bets. So. Uh, everyone says, oh, uh, well, I- I'm sure customer service has probably got tons of emails. Like, hey, this is wrong or stuff like that. What are you guys doing? It's, there's <laughs> a crooks or stuff like that. So it's uh, it's depend on what's the threshold and handle, tickets written, all that kind of stuff that uh, that those guys do uh, that I don't have to that I don't have to do. Thank God. Well, that thank God for that. And so getting into the draft here, how big is this NFL draft betting? come over the past five years i guess from a handle perspective ish like let's just say let's compare it to like an nba playoff day or and then let's compare it to an nfl game day well it, money not so much ticket written yes because let's face it a lot of these prop bets have very very low limits just like how i said mm-hmm. it's because it's nfl customer appreciation day if you look around and go to different sites some sites only have like maybe five options to bet the nfl draft the almighty Circa over in Vegas is not even hit booking the NFL draft. So some people realize, hey, you know what? It's not worth it uh, for us to do all this work and, and take a minus or, or stuff like that. So I would say tickets written, those people who do carry it probably get a lot of tickets written. It's on Thursday. It's a Thursday night. There's, you're not competing with friends anymore on NBC. So it's just Thursday night. And you got baseball and NBA playoffs and stuff like that. Now we'll get a lot of questions. Can I parlay? the number one draft pick to a, maybe an NBA playoff game or, or an NHL playoff game. We'll get some uh, stuff like that. But tickets written high, yes. Dollar amount, no. I would say I would say it probably has more tickets written if there's, let's say, a normal two-game and an NBA playoff uh, day because normally Thursdays will have two days. Let's see, this coming was two weeks away. So there might be a third 
NBA playoff game if a game's like six or seven games. But if there's only two NFL NBA playoff games going on, I can guarantee you that it's going to be a really good battle who's going to have more uh, dollars amount or tickets written. That's interesting. Okay, so, yeah, it looks like the dollars. And the fact that all, not all the books yeah, supply the NFL draft is a big point that you made. Um, low limits, and there's just bigger NBA plays made, right? Yeah, I mean, we'll take – a six-figure bet on an NBA in a blink of an eye. We're not going to take a six-figure bet on who's going to be Mr. Irrelevant or who's going to be the first cornerback selected in the NFL draft. Yeah, right, exactly. No, that makes total sense to me. So getting back into some of the things that you do well, let's talk about some props for the draft. I'm not just talking about, like, in general, because I guess the whole draft is really a bunch of props, but um, any, like, more exotic stuff, like maybe – Will Roger Goodell turn red in the face when he's being booed or something like that? I'll think of. We'll, I'll be working on a lot of those this weekend. I don't like to put them in too far in advance because some stuff will get leaked out, some stuff or uh, stuff like that. So I'm going to put. Will a top? Uh, will a Mel Kuyper's top twenty pick be in the dressing room? Would be that one person in the dressing room that didn't get picked in the top ten or top twenty to keep on showing him? I'm going to put. Well, who would that guy be? Uh, and stuff like that. So I'll do uh, weird ones like that. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to probably tweet at me or stuff like that. I miss COVID for this. I miss putting out how many dogs are going to be on TV or how many cats are going to be on TV during the NFL draft or who they're going to kiss first, mom, or they're going to shake dad's hands, uh, stuff like stuff like that when the, that COVID NFL draft when everybody was on TV. Mm-hmm. I missed that day because there was so many different options. Uh, what you could do, and now with social media, I can't even do like what color suit will CJ Stroud wear because some of these these if you follow them, they're like, oh, I just picked up my suit today, and, and I'll show a picture of it. So that pretty much wipes that prop bet out. Right, right. Well, hey, you know it's going to be fun to find out what you throw out there because there's all kinds of stuff. You know, like the Brock Purdy, Mister Insignificant type thing, right? It's like I am going to put out. Uh, will Mister Irrelevant start a game? Uh, in, uh, in the NFL 2023-2024 uh, season. There you go. That's a great one, because, and that's one that's going to last because you <laughs> get to hold on to the money for a long time. Sure, yeah. Maybe some bonus dollars into that. <laughs> no, that's funny about that one is um, I'm, yeah, I, I didn't mean insignificant. It was very significant. Mystery relevant is what they say, and then uh, all of a sudden it's going to find out if we're gonna, he's going to become relevant. Maybe like the amount of times they mention him during the first round of the draft. You know, Maybe 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 0.5. Would be your if uh, I do that, and it's a, it's a fantastic prop. When you sent that, I'm like, I'm gonna think about that. Probably put that out. But if I send it in, you know what's gonna happen? I'm gonna have to watch the whole NFL draft to count that because <laughs> so I, that's the only only sad part about my about my job about putting out crazy prop bets. And me and you've had discussion before. I have had to watch horrible movies, horrible TV shows, and if I put any of those crazy prop bets, I'm going to want to be the one that has to be watching the NFL draft. Not just once, because someone's going to email me and say, hey, some guy says he saw uh, he saw the mention of Mr. L Relevant after commercial four in the five-minute mark, and you didn't. So then I'm going to have to go back and watch it. So uh, <laughs> it, it, sometimes it's a, it's a burden to put up some crazy prop bets because you're watching something awful. For many, many times. It can be awful. And unfortunately, um, maybe you make a caveat that it has to come from the point that 
well, not in a commercial break. You'd have to say no commercial breaks and uh, maybe the point when they're coming on the stand. I don't know. But that's just an idea. And, yes, you'll have to DVR it, my friend, and uh, watch it a few times for that. But um, I don't know. If it, if, it, if it pulls in enough money, that would be interesting. I'll try to think of some more for you because I always find fun in doing this. Um, Thank you. Maybe stuff that's not going to keep you too busy. But it's uh, it's always fun to watch the exotic stuff out there. What's the most popular draft props that are played out there is it always the number one pick or is there more stuff out there lately it's uh, last couple years we've got so many tickets on quarterbacks drafted in the first round how many number quarter i mean because let's face it it's quarterbacks are creme of the creme sadly to say but i mean four and a half is this year's number uh i can't remember what last year's number was off the top of my head but that's probably besides first pick overall uh i would say that's probably up in the top three year after year after year because everyone wants to see how many quarterbacks go uh in in the first round so that one's probably the biggest uh one of the bigger bets uh that we see it, it all depends now that we have so many states jumping on i can guarantee you the states like in mississippi new orleans total sec uh, players drafted uh and now that i get reports where uh, they're broke down in each, into each state in each uh, categories and stuff like that for multiple books, not just the books that I, I, I work with and help out with. Multiple books send me these reports. So I can see different areas. Midwest, I can guarantee you that uh, Big Ten draft picks would be higher uh, than uh, the normal uh, states or, or sections in, in the map would be. like. So those are becoming really popular. Uh, I would say probably the least player, uh, not player, prop, uh, position prop it, that's probably making a little bit of comeback this year because it's a really deep squad. Is wide receivers and usually wide receivers and running backs. No one cares because they're pretty much a dime a dozen uh, when it comes, especially to running backs. But this year, I think since wide receiver is really heavy, uh, three and a half getting a lot uh, of two way action on it, which kind of shocks me. Uh, I thought it was good, since it's a heavy. It was four and receiver, a half for a while. Yeah, it was four and a half, and now we got we got hammered on the, the four and a half on the under. Uh, instead of putting it to four, we just switched it to uh, three and a half so we can get some over money on the three and a half. But uh, I would say uh, wide receiver money uh, coming in has been really, really surprising. Not to me because of the smart way is to not draft receivers in the first round, but the idiot way, which a lot of these GMs do, is they get fall in love and they find a receiver and then they don't make the playoffs next year. So the year, and I think it was two or three years ago, I think the number was six and a half wide receivers in the first round. And I went under, I'm like, no way these GMs are going to do this. And they did it. And I was extremely bitter about it. And I was like, I cannot believe seven wide receivers were picked. Right. So <laughs> after uh, the season, we were just kind of starting to recap and look into what we did good, well, and what look what we did bad. I noticed that every single team of those seven teams that picked a wide receiver didn't make the playoffs. And I shouted about it and screamed my head off, but it didn't make my money back. <laughs> but, but now you got three and a half in a draft with only 31 first round picks. We have to remember that Miami was suspended for falling in love with Tom Brady. Maybe they, they knew he was going to get divorced. I don't know. But with that whole thing, now we have 31 picks, and it makes more sense that receiver would be taken off. But now you're getting into this three-and-a-half territory, and you're like, man, these these GMs fall in love with these guys a lot, and they take them. But the bad thing about this year, 
I don't know if they change the way that they do 40 times, but I feel like 40 times are way down, especially in the wide receivers. Some of them aren't even running it for the combine. And I just think that this is a bad wide receiver class, Raph. I kind of disagree with you. Speed-wise, yes. I think there are a lot of good wide receivers that run fantastic routes. And I think that's what's – I think that's what – a lot of teams are looking for that look for that speedster anymore. They're looking for that guy that can just break away and boom, hit your spot. There's the ball first down. And and maybe you have some of that, but what's funny is that it's hard to tell because some come from the Pac-12, you know, some come from the ACC. Why don't they the dish in the Pac-12 right away? Why don't they blow up <laughs> on the Pac-12 right away? Sorry, USC and Addison. Well, he played for Pittsburgh too, but you know, we saw that, but it's it's just it's just so strange to me to see a guy like Smith Najigba, you know, really favored hard to go number one. That dude barely even played the last two years, in my opinion. You know, I mean, he was like the third guy when before under Olave and Carter the year before, and then he barely played last year, and he's still number one because everybody keeps remembering the Rose Bowl against Utah when Utah yeah. had guys off the scrap heap playing cornerback in the Rose Bowl because the guy sat out. So that blows my mind, my friend. I, I have no idea why Smith and Jigman. I will admit that I did take a small little poke at, uh, I think, Addison. No, 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 no. It wasn't Addison. It was the guy from TCU who had plus 600. What's his name outright? I'll, I'm going to try to pull it up here. Um, and then I took Hyatt, Jalen Hyatt, for, for uh, at 20 to 1. And I just think that Hyatt did run the four four forty. He's about the same size as Smith and Jigba, um, and and uh, Addison, and he seemed to be faster. And he played for Tennessee, and he did really well too. He did get hurt, but I, I just took a shot at it because I'm just fading what I know. But sometimes what I know doesn't mean what the teams are going to do, and that's the whole fun about the draft, isn't it? I, I think Zay Flowers is going to be interesting. He could be that third. Hold on. Uh, yeah, he could be the third wide receiver going. But he also, he can also be the fifth one. So if he's not the third one, if there's someone else, uh, let's say the guy from where I can't even just mention his name, the guy from USC. Quint- Quentin Johnson was TCU and USC's Jordan Addison. Yeah. I, I, I He's going to be the big key, I think, because I think uh, then I think Jonathan Mingo goes down a little bit more because I don't think he's going to be up there uh, or passing that. So I think if Flowers is not the third wide receiver drafted, in the first round, then I think uh, that the three and a half or four and a half from the room, what number you got under cashes. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Yep, yep. No, and you know, it's funny, Smith and Jigba's 12 and a half round and over is the juice. So that just shows that receivers are not supposed to go at least until after 12, according to the books. So I find that interesting too. Um, so yeah, that's one I'm, I'm taking a loss on most likely. Uh, they're half just smaller plays, but Quentin Johnson I took, and now he's ten to one, and I have a bad number at six to one, and uh, Hyatt thir- is now thirty to one, and I have a bad number at twenty to one. So, boo on me, Raf, for that one. But one thing that just flipped right back in my direction this week, and this one's now just kind of going back and forth now, is Michael Meyer. I picked M- Michael Meyer at minus one twenty a couple weeks ago to be the first tight end selected. And my thoughts were that Dalton Kincaid 
had back injury, which is a massive yes. red flag, and it, that's something to get a GM fired, drafting a kid that gets injured and re-injured, and you, you, that information was out there. I've seen it with the Bears many times. And then um, Darnell Washington is amazing if you look at his tape at Georgia, but just the fact that he's not the best tight end on that team, yeah, and Burton was, it has to give you a pause to pick him first. It's like I'm picking yeah. the guy. I'm picking the guy. You know, I mean, for fight first tight end to go, you know, maybe second. I don't. I, I I would look at that, but it's just so. But you have to understand that Georgia's stacked. But it's still, it's just so interesting. It's like you're a GM. You're going to pick the second best guy, and the other kid's still in college. What? <laughs> you know, that's a yeah. That's I a can see that. So that's why I bet Michael Meyer. So it went down to plus two hundred. Now it's back up to minus one fifty, and Dalton Kincaid, who flipped, is down to minus one twenty. So it was Kincaid for a while. So I'm glad that that flipped back to me. So I was happy about that. Do you have any tight end thoughts? No, I I think we I just made fun of you for making fun of the Pac-12, and here here I am gonna <laughs> make fun. <laughs> of it. Uh, Kincaid, I think he's I think he's gonna could be special. It all depends on what team he goes. I think last crappy mock draft that I. Uh, look at when I'm on when I'm on the toilet because I just want to shoot myself if I'm looking at it anywhere else. I think I had I think it was either Washington or uh, Pittsburgh uh, looking at him uh, on on that spot between like 16, 17, 18. I, I just don't know if if I if like you said if he's worthy to be the first tight end. I like the guy from Notre Dame. I mean, because you know you're going to get blocking out of him. I, I think I think Meyer is a better blocker than Kincaid. Me too. Uh, was. So if you're going to draft a tight end, you can't just draft a Gronkowski or a guy that's just going to catch the ball and give you touchdowns and do spikes and maybe wrestle when you put, when he's done with uh, uh, football. You need a guy that's going to do both, be a great offensive weapon, but also block and help the running game. And I think Meyer is, is better they can Kate on that one. So if, if he's a number two tight end go, wow, you're getting a steal at, uh, at number one. That means he's probably going 20, maybe 23, 24, 25 in a pick or whatever he has. I think whoever's in that category is going to got a really, really nice player. You know, what's funny is that Dalton Kincaid was projected to go to the Packers at 15 on some mock drafts, Mel Kuyper, a few others. And that's why he was favored for a while. What I find funny about this is, is this the Packers' way of just shutting the door, kicking the ass of Aaron Rodgers right out the door? Pretty uh, much. And being like, yeah, now that you're gone, we're going to draft a pass catcher. <laughs> yeah, pass catching tight end. <laughs> that would just be something else for us Bears fans to see, so I would not mind that. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I, I, I mean, obviously I hope it's Mayer, but um, you know, I'm hearing Cowboys are looking at him today, and the Cowboys draft a bit later. Uh, Detroit possibly could be getting a. No, I, I want the Cowboys to draft a running back so I can call my twin brother who's a diehard quarterback so I can make who drafts a quarter a running back in the first round in the NFL should be fired. That's a great segue uh, because I'm also very much against uh, running backs in the first round. It's so funny how big B. John Robinson is sticking out. He's minus ten thousand to be yes the first running back there and. It, it, and, and so running back over 1.5 is um, uh, plus money and under 1.5 in the first round is minus, you know, and I understand that. I mean, 
you know, running backs are, they just do not move the needle. Right. I mean, it, it, it's not like it used to be back in the Barry Sanders, Walter Payton days when running backs were looked at much differently, but you know, what I will say is uh, I think Bijan Robinson probably does make it in the first round. I think that number's correct. One and a half juice to the under. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe he's going to go top 10. I think his over or under proposition, I think it was what? 15 and a half, 16 and a half. I think between those, uh, a number and under, I think was heavy juice. I think at all two numbers that I saw, I know it just blows my mind that a running back is going to go that high in, a, in, a, in, a, in an NFL draft. So, I mean, I'm no disrespect to him. I mean, he's probably a good, going to be a good running back, but there's such a dime a dozen out there where you can get, you can probably get a better running back that probably didn't get drafted and maybe he went to a smaller school that can squat a house and doesn't fumble and uh, catches a ball, but there's just still a dime a dozen. And, and which is sad because I thought back in the day, Gail Sayers, usually you're a Bears fan, so Gary Sayers, Walter Payton, Barry Sanders, Christina Koye. I mean, there's just guys that, that that's, I would draft as a number one draft pick back in the day in, in the NFL draft. Now they're they're MIA. They're like punters and kickers. Oh, yeah. And, and so total tight ends in the draft here at DraftKings – over two is minus one four fifty, and sorry, I'm pivoting back, but I might be making this play. I might go under two because now I can push at two because I can understand yeah. Kincaid. But here's the thing: there's a bunch of love coming in for tight ends. That doesn't mean that they're going to be first round, but I think that this is where the noise comes in a little bit too much. Tight ends and running backs are just not big first round, you know, drafts. The Falcons just did a top five tight end a couple years ago, and he didn't turn out to be a game changer. You know, not at all, you know, so I think that kind of hurts them a little bit, too. But, yeah, running backs, um, I, I prefer a running back that can block for your uh, quarterback a little bit. And so maybe Bijan has some of that. But um, that I, I, I'm not big. I'm not big high in this running back class at all either. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. So have you made a few draft plays that you'd like to give out? Uh, well, I'll talk about this guy a little bit. I think Jalen Carter could be that guy in the in, in the room waiting around. We all know about his history, why he's been dropping. I think his position six and a half. I think the under or over is minus one fifty five. The under is plus one fifteen, plus one ten. I think he's going to be that one that keeps on dropping and dropping. I'm, I don't want to say out of the first round. I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, this guy, this guy talk was number one possibly pick overall. It uh, seems like many, 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 many moons ago. And now uh, I just think now in a day of any sport, not just football, but any sport, if you have some kind of a baggage, that's uh, they're looking hard at you uh, and stuff like that. So I would not be shocked. So I bet uh, I bet him. Uh, there's a I forgot where I bet it at. Uh, his uh, uh, over his his prop bet. Six uh, and a half stuff. right now at my DraftKings minus one thirty over. Yeah, I, I would not be shocked. He's out of the top ten. It would not shock me uh, if that's the case on that one. I bet uh, total ACC players over uh, just because I thought the number was kind of flat. That was, uh, I have to say, yes, I looked at a couple mock drafts and I just thought, and I had good juice. I think it was a minus 165 at the time. I think right now I saw minus $2. At three three uh, 3.5 over? Yeah, I'm sorry, three and a half total ACC players. I, I uh, almost got there. And I stopped, and I wish I didn't because um, there's a few guys that are really pointed at there in the ACC to go pretty far, you know. So, um, 
I was looking at that. You know what's funny about last year is not not one Big Twelve player was drafted in the first round. Yep. Do you remember that? That was that was nuts. Yeah, that completely was, nuts. That was absolutely insane. I couldn't believe it. I mean, they're Power Five conference. He's serious, pathetic. Yeah. That was, and I and I bet the quarterbacks under four and a half. I don't. I, there's no way I see five quarterbacks going. I know people are saying, well, a hooker is going to be the big uh, name. Is that could he could he be that fifth? quarterback I, I just don't see i think his knee i think that could be a big issue I mean, he might be the first quarterback drafted uh in a second round but don't I, I i'm still totally blown away that tanner mcgee is so low i think he's better than o'connell uh i think he's better than hall from byu uh, a little bit shocked and on, on his stock but i just don't see five qbs going uh in the, in the nfl on first day and week and in day one just because quarterbacks if you 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 draft him and they better be ready to go there's no i'm sorry oh so and so is going to sit back and he's going to learn like so jordan love dude i'm like no if you're drafting someone that high he's probably going to start or play uh soon and i don't think hooker's going to be ready 100% ready for to go on that so why would you draft a number one uh a draft pick on a quarterback that might not even be ready cuz his knee got blew up uh, on TV. I see Mox having Seattle the trade up with the Eagles at the 30th pick or something like that, um, and then they get Hooker. You know, So that's just all noise. That That is complete speculation there. You know, And so that's why that number moved a number of quarterbacks. But um, I think... I would take the guy from UCLA over... Uh, I can't think of the guy from... Uh, uh, Thompson Robinson. I would take him over... Uh, Hooker, because he's almost the same play. He's not as tall. Not me. As Hooker, not me. I like. I, I like. Mobile. I disagree with that. I have Hooker as the second best quarterback in this draft, and um, oh, healthy book hook. Yeah, I would have. I, I would have had him. But top. he's gonna be healthy at some point. Here's the here's the thing I look at. I think why would he, the Houston Texans should trade back up maybe in the first round or get him in the second round with that early pick? You know, because Hooker is the guy that's going to take a little time, but you already got a guy there. You know, you, you got a guy uh, that's been drafted from Stanford and uh, space in his name right now, the current starting quarterback. Um, that's pretty good. And he's, you know, done enough to like be respectful and he should be starting the first five games. Anyway, I, even if you draft Bryce young, they shouldn't put Bryce young out to the dogs yet to get smeared. You know, I, I, I would definitely say, you can wait on Hooker a little bit and get him later, you know. But at the same time, I don't like Bryce Young because he's five ten and he's skinny. And he's going to get bent in half. Um, I think C.J. Stroud is the best guy quarterback in the draft. Personally, um, I, I can't. I, I can. I can. I can't say that because of the school he went to. I, I had, Ohio State has not proven to me. Hey, Justin Fields, come on! <laughs> Again, Ohio State <laughs> has not proven to me to say, hey, you know what? This Ohio State quarterback. It is outstanding Hall of Famer. Put your get his yellow jacket on. They just, I'm sorry, they don't produce elite. And I know I'm gonna make a hate mail from the OHIO. They just don't put from Chicago elite, <laughs> elite quarterbacks. Every other position you can get us, you can get good the Ohio State, but quarterbacks uh, until until someone can prove me wrong. Hopefully Justin Fields this year, maybe or some or maybe CJ Stroud would shut me up. But I am not wasting. My hard-earned money to draft Ohio State as a quarterback. You know what? And that's just how bad I think this class is because that was my knock against him too. The system has not produced. I get Justin Fields, the jury is deliberation, I said. It is not there yet for Justin Fields. So I agree with that. Um, but here's the thing. I pick, look at look at uh, 
the the kid from Kentucky, Levis. I mean, his numbers were terrible. He didn't win big games. He he got screamed the big games. You know, there there wasn't like anything there that showed me that he's not Mitch Trubisky coming in. You know, and, yeah, and, and I can see that, and, and that's my problem with him. Uh, let's look at uh, Ro- Anthony. Uh, was it Robinson from uh, quarter? Richardson. 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 Anthony Richardson. Fifty-four percent completion percentage. You know, the, I mean, the guy. If you watched Florida games, the reason they won any games is because he ran the ball and he was way yeah. bigger. He's not bigger than people in the NFL. You know that that's that's years of a project. How is he up there? I actually believe that Stetson Bennett is probably the most ready for the NFL, even though he's the size of Bryce Young. But then you have a guy from TCU that was extremely lucky this year, and he yeah. made a lot of play. But he ran a four five two forty. He ran the second fast forty out of a quarterback. That, yeah, you know, Max Duggan. Max Duggan. Yeah, I yeah. think it was name. Thank you. Yeah, Max Duggan. And then and then Dorian Thompson Robinson was even slower than him. And so it's just I just don't like the quarterback class. This was supposed to be amazing quarterback class, and that's why last year Kenny Pickett took pick 20 or whatever 2021 to get picked by the Steelers last year but I'm not that impressed with this quarterback cast I don't see a Trevor Lawrence I don't see a Pat Mahomes I don't see a, a Herbert you know I I don't see the the big like guarantee you know yeah I agree there's I, there's no guarantee and, and, I, and I totally agree with you with the Kentucky I know everyone was look at his arm his arm strength first of all if I'm wearing a pants called Levi's and I have to call you Levis, it's, uh, it's spelled the same is a big check mark against you for if I was an owner on that. So, I, yeah, but he was horrible against SEC top defenses. Yeah. No ifs, ands, or buts. So, yeah, I agree with you. I'm not going to, I agree that this quarterback draft is not as big as what everyone's all hyped out about. I don't understand the hype of, of Richardson. Uh, I, they already talk about changing his mechanics. Well, then why are you drafting so high if you have to change this guy's uh, mechanics when you get to his uh, program? So, uh, yeah, there you go. I, I agree. All right, good stuff. Well, hey, man, I drafted. So a couple of the plays I made were uh, lines move great. And uh, Will Anderson, I have it under three and a half at plus 350, and now he's at minus money. I'm not nice sure. Nice plus money. Nice plus money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. But here's the problem. That's that could be absolute garbage. I it's so funny. I'm walking in with all this value, but I can't like it's hard to hedge him because you're not gonna see over two and a half props, right? Um, I guess I could bet him over three and a half and and uh and and then just make money on both sides, but it's not that astronomical that I'm ready to do that. But it's so funny, it's like even these big bets that you have good numbers on. It, they could still falter for you. So I'm really happy about that value. And the other one I made just recently a week ago was Anthony Richardson over four and a half at plus 125. Now he's at minus 330 over yeah, four and a half. So th- those are three really good draft picks with the Bryce Young at number one that, I, that I've made so far. So I'm trying to be careful. I don't want to screw up and mess up my potential profit. I got to you know do some thinking. But I am going to take... For this show, and the purposes of this show, I'm going to give out the tight ends under two at plus 300. Now, it's probably going to push. I doubt that Darnell Washington goes and Kincaid goes. In the, they both go in the first round to completely spoil me. But um, I am fine with pushing on this, and I also think there's a chance with 31 draft picks that both of them fall in the second round. You're getting plus 300. I'm, I'm glad that they moved it up, too. So I'm going to do that for a half unit, Ralph. Hey, I'm going to throw. You, you mentioned him. I wasn't going to say anything, but you mentioned Stenson Bennett. 
I'm going to bet sixth round at four to one that he gets drafted. A lot of people think he's not going to get drafted. I say he's going to be an XFL uh, uh, year two quarterback uh, next year and, and try to build around him uh, as, look, hey, look at this guy, big college guy, played XFL, and now he gets drafted. Then someone picks him up after XFL season two, and now he's in the NFL. That's the storyline that Disney told me about. But I think he's going to I think he's going to get drafted. Uh, so I have I, I took six to – I'm going to take uh, six round and four to one. Uh, sometime in the Ooh, next couple of days. Look at that. I mean, that you're taking a shot at the six, but the six is perfect because the paranoid team doesn't yes. want him to fall to the seventh, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I like your thought. Exactly. I, I, I like get your. Get out of my head. <laughs> get out of my. Head. <laughs> I, I. It's so. What's so funny about this is I think, like I said, he's the most ready. But here's here's a team that needs him: the Miami Dolphins. You know, I mean, he's kind of ready. You know, he played under big, tall guys at Georgia. It's not like he was a complete NFL offense at Georgia, but he wasn't like a college that college of an offense. You know, it was it was, he play, he's playing with a lot of NFL players, future NFL players there, and he's accurate. And the kid's got a big heart, and he wins, and he had to prove himself. Well, here's the thing: Tua gets concussions when you look at him. You know, he might just fall over. You know, yeah, he's learned how to fall down. <laughs> it's going to happen this year. You need a, a guy that's kind of ready to come in. And maybe you should have a better second string quarterback. I don't know, but um, he, he's a good. I think he's a guy that could fit in if uh, one or two quarterbacks get injured easily at Miami. So that's my pick for them. Would would that be too bad? Would that be a horrible prop if I bet over under concussions Tua has next football season? That, that would be. Would, a, would, that, would that be too far? Too far? Well, not quite as far as more heart stoppages like Demar Hamlin or anything. That that'd be a little farther. But um, yeah, concussions is pushing it. <laughs> I like I like how he came out yesterday. Said he's fully going to play and all that. But I, I remember I remember that whole situation happened. And all these people were like, oh, he died because of the COVID vaccine. It's because of I'm like the kids are like the kids going to play football. You idiots. You know, it, it was a freak thing, and I don't rem. I I think in other you've had heart people die in running, you know, and 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 play sports because their heart stops. It's not just it's not. When they say that was it's, my first one, my first one yeah, playing basketball. Yeah, yeah, there you go, and it happened to you. So it's like th- this has happened. It's just something happens at the right time, and there's a, I don't know, there's a diagnosis out for it. But you know, it's cool that it's cool if he can come back. I think he's going to come back, and uh, that's what they're saying anyway. So he's, I'm not going to bet comeback player of the year because if it doesn't no. go to him, it's uh, going to be wrong. And he's already got serious juice yeah. tied yeah. to that one. Well. Great stuff, Raf. I appreciate all your insights here for the draft, my man. Where could our listeners and viewers get your great information and prop plays? You can find me over at DocSports.com. You can find me over on Twitter at VSI DocSports. You can find me on Instagram at Raphael Sports. You can also find me on one of my new sites that I run. You can bet that. It just gives you all the crazy stuff that you can bet. If you go and look for week one NFL draft, or week one odds, you won't find them there in the NFL. It's all about the crazy stuff that you can actually bet in the world. And so I tell you where to go and stuff like that. So it's a, it's a fun thing to do. I've been doing the show. I talk about the crazy prop bets with you. So thank you for having me on. And I hope everyone enjoys NFL Customer Appreciation Day uh, next Thursday. I'm sure everyone will, my man. Raph, thank you so much. <laughs> for uh giving us those insights customer appreciation free money they're giving it out just got to do a little homework and get that information because sometimes these aren't even juiced as much as what they're supposed to be when it comes to sports betting make sure you guys check out raf he's a fantastic handicapper at doc sports
All right, now it's time for a little UFC on ESPN 71. Sergey Paklovich versus Curtis Blades. Start right away with the main event here, and I do have a play on the main event. This is simple to me. Now, Sergey's been a fantastic fighter so far in the UFC. He's a monster of a man, 30 years old, 6'3", 255 pounds. <laughs> He's beaten a lot of guys in the first round, as a matter of fact. This dude hasn't went to five rounds since Fight Night's Global uh, Federation back in 2017. You know, I'm not even sure if he really knew how to fight that much then. I, you know, he did win a lot in the lower federations when he was young. He has a loss to Alistair Overeem by KO back in 2018. But since that loss, he's finished every fight in the first round. All by KOs. Tai Tuivasa was his last fight on December 3rd by KO. Derek Lewis, he won by KO. He <laughs> made pretty short work of Derek Lewis. And Derek Lewis kind of at the end of his prime, as you know. Um, I mean, God, when was the last time? Lewis lost four of his last five fights. He he beat Chris Dawkins, But, jeez, you know, he's been uh, spinning downward himself. His last loss was to Sergey Spivak, you know. So, I mean, I think guys like Tom Aspinall are the best guys in the division as contenders for maybe John Jones. Obviously, John Jones is going to be fighting, I believe, Stipe. That's not done yet. But, you know, that's kind of like what we're looking forward to seeing. Okay, I'm going off track. Getting back to Sergey Pavlovich. He is just a massive beast of a man, but I really don't know what kind of lungs this guy has, you know, especially going in the UFC here, never going past the first round in the UFC. He's kind of like all boom and very possible bust. And the guys he fought, nothing in the tier one, because Derek Lewis fell out of tier one. He's borderline tier two, tier three right now. Tai Tuivasa's tier three. You know, there's no like main guy that he's beaten, Maurice Green. You know, not really. <laughs> That's uh, gonna tell me that he's the real deal. But Curtis Blades is a massive man, even a little bit bigger than Sergey. So Sergey's finally stepping up in size a little bit on his opponents. You know, uh, most of his opponents are like six two, six one, um, and Curtis Blades is six four. 260 pounds, but the thing with Blades is a man can wrestle. You know, he doesn't submit, but he grounds and pounds. He has 12 KOs, five by decision. He hasn't went to decision since Jargino Rosenstrike. And uh, it doesn't s s sound like Sergey's the kind of guy that goes to decisions too often. So Blades' last win was against Tom Aspinall. And I might even bet Tom Aspinall that I lost. It was an injury. Tom kicked Blades 15 seconds in the fight, broke his leg. And Aspinall was the kind of guy that I thought was the up-and-coming next best. But I can't give Blades a lot of credit for that one. I can give Blades a little credit for beating Jarzino Rosenstrike. I can give him credit for beating Alexander Volkov, Junior Dos Santos. You know, he, he's got some very big victories. Alistair Overeem, who we know beat uh, Sergey back in 2018, but unless Sergey's gotten a hell of a lot better, maybe he has gotten better, 
Curtis Blades is a massive step up in class. Blades is only 32 years old. Blades also can wrestle. We don't think that Sergey necessarily can wrestle. He's going to have to catch Blades. Now, Blades, when he got knocked out by Derek Lewis in 2021, was a little bit more freak than something you can always plan on. He ducked his head, and it was just a perfect moment for Lewis to uppercut him. It was a big mistake on his part. He was actually winning the fight until then. So, um, in my opinion, Blades is going to come here without fear. But I also think that this fight has no chance of going the distance. As a matter of fact, the under one and a half is minus 140. Well, I'm not sure if it's going to go completely under one and a half, even though Sergey hasn't went to round two in years. But I do think that Curtis Blades is going to win this fight, whether he has to wrestle or if he's just going to simply stand up to the big guy. Now, I wouldn't engage Sergey right away. I'd probably move around and frustrate Sergey, try to keep my distance, throw some kicks, kind of you know beat the big man down a little bit, and I hope that Blades has those same thoughts. But I think this fight probably does get into round two because of that strategy, and I think Blades actually wears him down and wins in round two or round three. A round two or round three prop wouldn't be the worst thing on Blades, and you're probably going to get a pretty good price on it. But right now, I can get Curtis Blades at minus 105 to win by KO, TKO, or DQ, and that's what we're going to do for 1.5 stars. Show me the money! Next fight. Bruno Silva versus Brad Tavares. Now, I'm conflicted on this one. I, I felt coming into this that Silva was the older fighter, but it's actually that Tavares is the older fighter here at 35 years old, and Bruno Silva is 33 years old. Now, Silva's fought more professional fights, 22-8, and eight, to Tavares at 19-7. Uh, and seven. But one thing about uh, Silva is that he hasn't really fought anybody, you know, that, I, I guess not for a few years anyway, that's that overwhelming. Jordan Wright was his last win. He fought Alex Pereira that just lost to Aldesanya, giving him the championship belt back, and he lost by decision. He lost, he lost his last fight to Mearshart. You know, losing to Gerald Mearshart is something that you can't be proud of. <laughs> um, that was his big issue. And so... I, it's like maybe this is a good comeback spot for him as well. He's better than that. But in my opinion, maybe he's kind of like just fading out a little bit. Uh, Brad Tavares has lost a lot of fights that he shouldn't have. But he's also lost to very good guys like Driscus Duplessis. He lost in the third round. Um, actually, no, that went to decision. He, he went the full three rounds with that. He beat Omariak Madoff. Um he beat uh, Antonio Carlos Jr. He's, he's, he's fought some decent guys, a little bit better wins, I would say, than uh, Bruno Silva, at least lately. His, le- his loss to Edmund Shabazian is when Shabazian was up and coming. Sh- Shabazian got him as a, with a head kick. Um, I wonder if, if that kick didn't happen, what would have happened in this fight because Shabazian has proven massively overrated. I think that's an ugly loss, but his loss before that to Israel Adesanya isn't a bad loss at all, you know? And I love his win against Christoph Jocko. He knocked out Christoph Jocko. So this makes me strongly lean to Brad Tavares here. And you're going to get um, about a minus 160, minus 165 on Tavares. He's probably also maybe even an okay parlay piece. But um, it, I, I've held off a little bit because this fight probably is priced close to where it should be. Maybe it should be minus 
180 minus 190. Do I take it because it's slightly off by 15 or 20 cents? I, I don't know. But I'm going to give you a lean on Brad Tavares in this fight here. Um, I know that Silva definitely has a little bit more significant strikes, 4.31 per minute to Tavares at 3.3. But Tavares is going to grapple more. His uh, takedown accuracy, 26%, while Bruno's is only 18%. But takedown average a little bit higher at 0.86 to Bruno's 0.66. So this could be a little bit um, on the feet and on the ground, I would say. What I do like is that his takedown defense for as far as Brad Tavares is 80% and it's 71% for Bruno Silva. So um, the fight's lined pretty close. I'm just not quite there yet to make a play. Bobby Green versus Jared Gordon is going to be a fantastic fight. Uh, Jared Gordon, I thought, maybe should have beat Patty Pimblett. And uh, it just depends how you score the fight. Um I also think Bobby Green is better than Jared Gordon. Jared Gordon's just a guy with a lot of heart and just a lot of great work ethic, but doesn't have all the talent, so he kind of makes up for it for how hard he works. Um, there's a chance that Bobby Green could be coasting a little bit in this fight, but I have a plan for this fight, and I'm just giving that to premium subscribers. The last fight I just want to talk about is Jeremiah Wells against Matthew Semmelsberger. Now, this is an interesting fight because Wells has been fantastic kind of starting out here in the UFC. I mean, the dude's uh, hasn't lost since 2019 when he was in the CES. It was by decision against Vinica Stagesis. And um, I don't even know who that is, to be honest. You know, but he come in the UFC and he beat Worley Alves by KO. He uh, then beats Mike Matheta by TKO. And... Uh, that was actually a technical submission. And then he beats Court McGee by a punch in the first round, just takes out Court McGee, you know. Now, Selsberger has been very inconsistent. I've, I've lost some money on him. I, I bet him against Alex Morano, I believe, and I lost. Alex Morano just kind of toughed it out throughout all three rounds and won by decision. And then Jake Matthews comes up with his massive victory uh, against uh, Fialo. Andre Fialo, and then he loses to Matt Semsisberger. It's just it, a lot of stuff didn't make sense. And I was like, well, that should be Jake Matthews' fight. And it was just almost a little overreaction and stupid play on my side. Um, I think I was on him and faded Semsisberger the last two fights. Maybe I completely stay away from this one. But I think that Jeremiah Wells might be coming in here a little bit with too much hype. And the fact that Semsisberger's fought in a little bit of harder guys, right? Uh, and he's been in the UFC longer than Jeremiah Wells. The price on this fight, though, it's pretty close to even. Minus 110, minus 110 on each side. So it kind of tells you that the books are not sure, or the market's not sure at this point what's going to happen. I just think that the grappling might give the nod to Matthew Selmelsberger. The question is, can he be trusted at minus 110 is what I'm trying to figure out. So the only play that we're having for this podcast is Curtis plays inside the distance uh, or actually by KO at minus 105. I think inside the distance is minus 125. So I'd rather do KO. He doesn't sub anybody uh, at minus 105. And then uh, obviously the premium plays that we're going to be giving out to our subscribers. Had a good UFC week last week, three and two plus 3.9 units hit a big dog. And hopefully we can keep it going 
through this week. My friends, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to email us at info at the Have a great rest of your week and go get some winners.